reading today comes from chapter 20 um, of the book of John from verses 19 to 21. Um, on the evening that the first day of the week when the disciples were all together with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you, as your Father has sent me, and I am sending you. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the words that Peter has for us this morning. We pray for him as he delivers them, that he would know what you've got to say to us. And Lord, for us as we hear them, that we would hear you and hear what you have for us this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Good morning to you all. Um, I don't think Steve mentioned this, but it's a really important notice. Uh, forgive me, Steve, if you did. But at the ta- on the table... Uh, just over there behind uh, Dave, uh, is uh, some cards for uh, the missionaries that we support as a church. And uh, Audrey, if you know Audrey Pook, is very organized and wants to send them off in the next couple of weeks. So if you'd like to sign them, maybe a little message, just you know, a little short message, but uh, just to bless them uh, where they are. They're scattered throughout the world, and it's lovely to receive a message, particularly at Christmas, from people that you don't see very often. Uh, so please do take some time uh, to do that. Uh, if you write an essay on each one, you'll be there for half an hour. Uh, if you write your name on each one, you'll probably be there for about five minutes, uh, even less than that. But do do that if you'd like to. I think today, uh, Remembrance Sunday, is a, is a good day to remember and just to consider about consider some of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Um, the connection may not be obvious, but hopefully uh, that will come through. Uh, The Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, He is a person who can be grieved, as can any person. And the Spirit, the person of the Spirit, comes to transform us into the likeness of Jesus. Uh, He comes to be our advocates and our friends. He comes to draw alongside us, to uh, give us... The, the right words and the right attitudes we need as we live out our faith in the world. And the Spirit also, one of the lovely things the Spirit does is he, he, he pours upon us as we allow him. He gives us uh, the Spirit of peace. The Spirit of Jesus, who is the Spirit of peace. And, and John's Gospel, this uh, short reading uh, that Ellie just read from John's Gospel, it, it portrays that, that uh, the giving of peace uh, so beautifully as Christ re- uh, appears to his disciples. And uh, these disciples at this point in the Gospel story are very dispirited and uh, very frightened. And, and at that point Christ appears to them and says these words, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And we're just going to think a little bit about why do they need that peace? 
that Jesus pronounces over them and for them? Why do they need that peace, particularly at that time? Well, just try and picture where they are. They're in a, a room nowhere near the size of the room we're in. They're in a fairly small room, and uh, they'd locked themselves in. And uh, they were in fear of the authorities. They are in fear of the, the, uh, those around them, the Jewish authorities. And those Jewish authorities are out to get them. So let's just think about how they've got into that room and into that place and into that mode of, of being. Uh, remember, these are all young men. These are, we don't know exactly how old they were. They, they may have been teenagers. They may have been in their 20s. But, you know, they, they are young men, these disciples, these, uh, these, these, these followers of Jesus. Uh, they'd given up a career. Most of them were fishermen. Not all of them, but uh, most of them were fishermen. And Jesus, the charismatic leader, had, had, had uh, come to them and, and would, had given them a new way of looking at the world. And, of course, while they'd been with Jesus traveling around Galilee, they'd, they'd seen amazing things that Jesus had done and seen amazing miracles and healings, even those brought back from the dead. And over time, over the course of those months and those years that they followed Jesus, they had become convinced that he is the Messiah. He is the one that God had promised of old to Israel. The one who would uh, bring about that fulfillment of all those promises that God had given to Israel. And some of the teaching, of course, that Jesus had taught them and the, and the crowds was difficult teaching. And, you know, various episodes in the Gospels, you can just sort of hear these disciples saying, what on earth does he mean by that? What does Jesus mean by that parable? You know, they have these episodes of really, really misunderstanding, incomprehension. And then moving forward in time, just before this reading, they are in Jerusalem. They're gathering together. The whole uh, population almost is gathering in Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Huge crowds. One of the biggest festivals in the Jewish calendar. And Jesus, as you know, of course, Jesus chooses to ride into the city on a donkey. And the crowds, knowing the scriptures, they, they get it. They know that Jesus is doing something really special, that he is saying that he is the Messiah. This is what the prophecy says. And they know what's going on, and there's cheering, and there's jubilation, and a welcome of Jesus as he walks, as he rises into the city. And then the next day, Jesus goes into the temple and overturns the, the, the tables of the moneylenders and, and really gets angry with what's going on in the temple. And then a bit later on in the week, they, they get together to share the Passover meal together. And Jesus, again, does something a little bit a bit odd in some ways. And, and, and he, he blesses the bread and he blesses the wine. And then Jesus, again, sort of to, to the disciples, you know, does something. He's sort of in a strange mood to them. And as he goes off to pray, he says to them, keep awake, keep awake, keep awake. And the disciples, uh, uh, being the disciples, fall asleep. And the soldiers arrive and Jesus is taken away as arrested. And the, the disciples follow at a distance. They, they, they know Jesus is in big trouble. And they keep quiet about who they are. They don't want to be arrested themselves. And then Jesus is crucified like a common thief, like a common criminal. The disciples flee. And yet Jesus, never predictable, 
the day after the Sabbath, rumors start that he is alive. That his body isn't in the tomb. And so the disciples gather. They gather together. They lock the door. They're in fear for their lives. They're under suspicion of his body being stolen. And they were at any moment expecting the, at the door. And you could just sort of feel the tension in the room, that question, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then the voice of Jesus, peace be with you. That peace is what they were lacking. They didn't have that peace. How can you have peace when you're expecting that knock at the door and that arrest and that maybe death to await you? What does peace look like? Well, let's have a think about it in this way. Just imagine that this candle is you. That this, this is your spirit. This candle that is a light here on the table is you. And in a sense, you don't have any control over what is going on around you. You don't have any control over the events that are around you. And if things happen, your spirit, if you like, flickers and it moves. And, you know, events happen. You can't control the events. You can't control uh, the actions of others. You can't control what people are saying about you. You can't control what they're saying around you. And your spirit, if you like, is affected by that. It flickers. It moves. Perhaps even... It looks like it might go out. And yet, Jesus says we can, if you like, have his spirit around us, his spirit to protect us. And so just say that's the spirit of God and there's a flickering. You see, that, that event, the events, it can't affect your spirit in the same way because the spirit is around you the spirit dwells in you that's what happens when you become a christian the the spirit of god is what the bible says when you become a christian the spirit enters your being your your spirit is joined with the holy spirit and you're not ever going to be fully protected, of course, from events. Of course, events are still going to happen around you. Of course they are. But the Spirit joins with your spirit to enable you to live like Jesus in the world. Listen to what Paul says to the Philippians. Really important words. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. 
That's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. Paul is saying that the peace of God is deeper than we can understand it. That the peace of God, the Spirit of God, transcends our understanding. And yet, that doesn't mean we can't get close to it, or close to understanding it. Sometimes, to, to understand what something is, it's, it's sometimes useful to think about what it isn't. So what, is it, what it isn't, it helps you understand what something is. Okay, So let's think about what, this, what the peace of God isn't. And the peace of God isn't fear. The peace of God isn't anxiety. The peace of God isn't worry. The peace of God isn't disease. Now, disease is an interesting word, isn't it? If you put disease together, you've got disease. But dis-ease. The peace of God is not dis-ease. The peace of God is not fighting. The peace of God is not quarreling. The peace of God is not disputing. The peace of God is not jealousy. And the peace of God on Remembrance Sunday is not war. None of those things are the peace of God, and none of those things are like the peace of God. So again, think about where the disciples are and the situation that they're in. They need God's peace. They need God's peace. They need to have the indwelling of God's peace in their lives. Think about it like this. Think about, we thought about what peace isn't. But think about this. Have you ever thought about what you can't do? There's a, a story uh, that, uh, about a man who, who went for an interview. And he was being interviewed for the job of a financial director. Financial director's uh, you know, a job I would never go for because I can't do accounting and all these other things that they do. Uh, but he was being interviewed for the, the role of a financial director. And at the end of a very long and arduous and grueling interview, and the panel had asked him very difficult questions, at the end of the interview, the main interviewer said to the man, I'm sorry, we're not going to offer you this role of financial director. But we would like to offer you the managing director's role, which is vacant as well. And so the man thought about that for a moment. And said, oh, that's, no, that's really kind of you. That's very, very kind of you. But I don't think I've got the right skills and the right experience to be the managing director. And the chairman of the panel said to him, well, that may well be the case. But as we've interviewed you, we have discerned in you that you've got the right approach and the right attitude. That you will be a good managing director with the support that we can give you. And in a, in a, in a way, that's, that is what the spirit of peace, the spirit of God does in us. Because we say to ourselves, I can never do that as a Christian. You know, I can never spread the good news of, of Jesus. I couldn't do that. Now, I can't talk to my friends about Jesus. I can't go out into the world and, and be a person of justice. I can't go into the world and be a person of peace. And yet Jesus comes and the disciples are thinking that as well. You know, I, we can't do this. 
Jesus has given us this amazing, amazing, astounding role of, of, of being the ones who are, you know, telling about the gospel. We can't do this. And Jesus says to them, peace be with you. Peace. Jesus says, you can do it. You can with my peace in you. Living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21 of our passage. Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so you can, you can sort of sense in them that that, that, that dispirited, we can't do it attitude, with Jesus there, they begin to think differently. They don't, be, they, they don't, that problem of the Jewish leaders and the problem of being arrested and the problem of being persecuted and the problem of being unable to do it, Jesus says, we, together, we will do it. You will do it. Because you will go into the world as bearers of my peace. That, was, that is what Jesus is saying. Jesus was sent into the world by the Father. Jesus the Son was sent into the world by the Father. To redeem the world, to save the world, to reconcile the world. And that mission is our mission. It's not, we don't have a different mission to that. We are those who carry on that mission of reconciliation, of peace bearers. The mission that Jesus started is our mission. The mission of the resurrected and risen and glorified Jesus. And then note what happens. Verse 22. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Those two words are really interesting, spirit and breath. Spirit and breath. They're the same words in Hebrew and New Testament Greek. Those, two, those are the languages that the Bible was written in originally, Hebrew and New Testament Greek. And so the Hebrew word for breath is ruach. Ruach. And the New Testament word for breath or spirit is pneuma. And so this is, Jesus is giving them the breath of God. Breathes on them the breath of God. The Spirit of God. The Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. He breathes on them the Spirit of God. His Spirit. And so when we become a Christian, if you're not a Christian, when you become a Christian, the Spirit of God will breathe His life through you and in you. And so you can then do the mission of Jesus. You can go out to do that mission of Jesus. There's a well-known hymn, isn't there? Breathe on us, breath of God. Fill us with life anew. And then verse 23. Because Jesus hasn't finished yet. He's got something else to say, really important things to say. He says, if you forgive anyone their sins, if you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. That may have been a verse you've heard about. You've probably read that verse many times. But if you ever dwelt, have you actually thought about what that verse is saying? Jesus is saying that his disciples are to go into the world to pronounce forgiveness of sins. That's what he's saying. He's saying that you and I 
are allowed to, if we are a Christian, we are allowed to say that someone is forgiven. It's not just the priest, it's not just the vicar who can do that. If you are a Christian, you have that amazing ability to say someone is forgiven. As the Spirit leads you, as you discern that that is right. Because what's what's happening is, as you talk to somebody about Jesus, there's something going on in their spirits. As you talk to someone about Jesus, that their spirit is either walking away from Jesus or walking towards Jesus. And so you, as the Spirit resides in you, you're, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and your spirit are kind of having a conversation about this. And you're saying to that person, come and join in with Jesus. Come and join in with his kingdom. Forgiveness and peace are very closely associated with each, with each other. What did Jesus say on the cross to those who were hammering those nails into his hands? He said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. That could not have been an easy thing for Jesus to do, could it? Father, forgive them. And that's, why, that's one of the reasons why we have been given the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit allows us to discern things from God's point of view. He allows us to see things as God sees them. And that's why he gives us that power and peace to forgive. But it's not easy to forgive, is it? One of the most um, celebrated of, of, of these instances of forgiveness is uh, that of a man called Gordon Wilson in the last uh, few years. And Gordon Wilson was standing at the War Memorial in Enniskillen in Northern Ireland on Remembrance Sunday in 1987 when an IRA bomb exploded. And because of that bomb, 11 people died, including Mr. Wilson's daughter, Marie. And the world, you, you probably remember this, uh, this episode, that the world really was touched when, when Mr. Wilson talked about that. And he talked about how he clutched onto Marie's hand in the rubble, in that devastation of Ernest Gillen. And he said this, he told the media, he told the reporters, he told the news, I have lost my daughter and we shall miss her. But I bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. Dirty sort of talk isn't going to bring her back to life. She was a great wee lassie. She loved her profession. She was a pet. She's dead. But that's amazing, isn't it? What Mr. Wilson, what Gordon Wilson said to the IRA. He said, I bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. How much that man must love Jesus. How much the Spirit of God resides in him to allow him to say that with full meaning. That he bears no grudge against a terrorist who killed his daughter. And yet others have really struggled, really struggled to forgive. One of those is the Reverend Julie Nicholson. And the Reverend Julie Nicholson said this. It's very difficult to stand behind an altar and lead people in words of peace and reconciliation and forgiveness when I feel very far from that myself. And what she was doing was she was announcing her intention to resign as the vicar of St. Aidan's Church in Bristol. 
And what had happened was her daughter, Jenny, had died in London on the 7th of July 2005 as a result of one of the four bombs that exploded in London on that day. And her daughter had died in one of those bombs. And she said she couldn't be a vicar because she couldn't reconcile what had happened with her faith. Her, her, she had been, her ability to forgive, her ability to say, I bear no ill will, had been tragically lost. And so remember that candle, that candle that, in a sense, symbolizes your spirit. When the Spirit of God is around you, in you, and within you, and residing in you, your spirit, of course it can be affected, but the Spirit wants to protect you. He wants to give you His peace. He wants to give you His life. And so we all need the Spirit of Jesus. We all need the peace of Jesus. How much the world needs the Spirit of Jesus and the peace of Jesus. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. What I wanted to invite us to do is, is, um, is to just allow the spirit of peace to come. And just to give him a little bit of space to move amongst us. And so I would like you to, if you'd like, if you're able to, if you'd want to stand and Please do stand now. And as you stand, just let me encourage you to have your hands before you, outstretched in front of you, if you're happy to do that. Because what our body does very often is an indication of what our spirit is saying. And it's an invitation to the spirit. And I just feel, as I've, as I've thought about today, as I've thought about this, this, this topic, this, this theme, I, I just felt the spirit wanted to come and speak to us individually. And perhaps you're someone that has resisted the Spirit and you don't want the Spirit to indwell you or perhaps to come upon you in that way. But I just felt the Spirit wants to be given that opportunity to come and speak to us individually. The Ruach of God, the breath of God, who we need Him to live out His way in the world. And so Simon's going to... Um, play a song and we can sing that song it's the song to be in your presence and as we sing that song as we hear the words as we sing the words just be open to the spirit speaking to you as we sing this song together to be in your presence so just be open to the spirit now as you have that space to receive